Hi, everyone. Welcome to this Argus Media podcast episode, which will give you a snapshot of the molten sulfur market in Europe and the trends we're currently seeing in terms of supply and demand. Firstly, what's relevant for Europe also is the prevalent global trend underlying price movements. The global sulfur market has continued softening throughout the second quarter following a brief pickup toward the end of the first quarter. So in the first week of March, the China CFR levels were at $128 CFR on midpoint basis, having lost $41 in value by the 22nd of June from the first week of April, or 32% in percentage terms. Meanwhile, DAP FOB China lost 19% or $108 of its value in the same period, and the gradually eroding phosphate market seeing low liquidity in sales, with prices sliding with each new spot sale, is having a negative impact on sulfur prices as the key global driver of sulfur demand. Fertilizer stock levels remain high, and producers have little incentive to increase operating rates of stock up on raw materials amid a falling downstream market and gloomy short-term outlook overall. Additionally, this drop in demand coincides with new projects in the Middle East and China bringing new sulfur tons to the market from refinery expansions and upgrades, as well as a smaller increment from Canadian deblocking projects and some stocked crushed lump sulfur again entering the market in larger quantities compared to a year ago. This is leading to surplus product availability despite the new demand since last year from nickel leaching projects in Indonesia soaking up some of the additional tonnage. This situation's depressing prices moving into the third quarter of this year with very little immediate upside globally as limited tonnage can be stored in warehouses and blocks in response to low prices and negative netbacks at the more expensive export sources such as the FSU and Canada, meaning most tons will keep moving despite the low prices and negative netbacks. So today we'll go more into detail on the supply and demand picture we're seeing in the European market, particularly at the moment, in the lead up to the third quarter. I'm Maria Mosquera, the editor of the Argus Sulphur Report, and with me today is my colleague Sulphur Reporter Beatrice O'Kelly. Following on the discussions at a recent European industry meeting we attended, would you like to elaborate on the molten sulphur supply situation in Europe a bit more, B? Sure, thanks Maria. So the supply situation in Europe is an increasingly tight and logistically difficult one in terms of sulphur output from oil refineries in key producing regions like Germany and the Netherlands. Sulphur production has been limited by an alteration in the crude slate. This has come sweeter since the European sanctions on Russian sour crude and there has been extra supply tightness as refinery maintenance has lasted longer than anticipated. To be more specific, Exxon's 258,000 tonnes a year sulphur capacity, the gross and net gas field, is currently under maintenance for six weeks. Shell's 383,000 tonnes a year Pernice refinery has just bought its CDU back online after a prolonged maintenance period. And the 175,000 tonnes a year sulphur capacity Schwett refinery has struggled to secure enough crude since Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February 2022. Some refineries like PCK Schwett and the Total Energy's Leuna refinery in Germany, as well as some of the Eastern European refineries, are operating at lower rates and also receiving sweeter crude slates as a result of a lack of Russian crude coming in via pipeline. Replacement tons are still below previous levels and often have a lower sulphur content, which has further reduced supply. And there are also logistical issues for suppliers to contend with, with delays via rail especially. 
product loading to European destinations via rail cars has been delayed because of unexpected maintenances and last minute cancellations, so suppliers can't prepare for this. And this is especially prominent in Germany and the Netherlands. And lastly, there is now just one tanker in Europe that can carry molten sulphur, which further prohibits liquidity. The IVA Ability, which carries a dead weight of around 12,500 tonnes of molten sulphur, has moved eastwards to deliver molten product between Japan and Singapore. It has, previous to this, spent at least four years transporting tonnes in the Western Europe region, and it often called at Belgium's Antwerp, France's Le Havre, Spain's Bilbao, and occasionally delivered sulphur to the US. But now the sulphur genesis is the only molten tanker in the European region, which has further limited liquidity. And so, Maria, shall we go now on to the demand picture? I know you've been more of an expert on this recently. Thanks, B. Sure. For European sulphur consumers, the period following the onset of the Russia-Ukraine conflict and the ensuing sanctions since the second quarter of last year have made the already in many ways challenging operating environment even tougher. The European sulphur demand is mainly driven by a chemical industry, with the fertilizer sector less significant than on the global market. Chemical companies have already experienced a lot of regulatory tightening. Additionally, downstream concerns today are the negative macroeconomic factors, such as lower GDP growth in the region, though to an extent this is also a global concern at present. There's reduced consumer confidence, which has eroded downstream demand, with inflation rates higher than Europe has seen for some years, as the rise in seasonal gas prices has increased the volatility of basic running costs for both industry and consumers equally. European sulphur consumers are in some cases having to reduce operating rates in response to these factors, reducing demand from some downstream industries and increasing operating costs. This has resulted in narrower margins in many European chemical industries. While energy prices have come off significantly from last winter's seasonal demand peak, levels remain elevated, particularly for those consumers that after the market shocks of last winter have hedged for another such occurrence, as there's an anticipation that further peaks could be seen in energy costs, particularly if the summer is very hot or the coming winter very cold in the region, temporarily lifting energy demand. Gas prices are reactive to supply demand peaks as storage capacity is limited in the region and Europe is still in the process of diversifying from its historical reliance on Russian natural gas. Those sulfur consumers that can be net contributors of energy with the technology in place to utilize the heat generated from sulfur burning for energy generation are on the other side of the cost risks with benefits from elevated pricing to margins. However, many do not have this advantage. Another result of the macroeconomic environment has also been tightening of financing, with banks now more cautious with lending. Additionally, the low fertilizer demand from farmer level, though this is expected to see some easing for the fall application season in in Europe, and the subdued sulfuric acid market with metal smelters producing healthy quantities have also served to temper demand recovery so far this year in the sulfur space. And Europe has also been importing more caprolactam and other chemicals, with China increasing production and offering low-cost competing product that's gained market share in Europe and undercut local producers. Industries have also seen production cuts include caprolactam, ammonium sulfate producers, as well as titanium dioxide producers and other chemical companies like rubber manufacturers, which has served to balance out sulfur production recent cuts in the region on the supply side, while reducing consumption and leading to product moving within the region from tighter pockets to those seeing oversupply from those demand losses and balancing the market out. 
Yes, I think it's also important to bear in mind the fact that Europe, while it trades the liquid form of sulfur, can also receive granular imports from the region's granular market in the Mediterranean to import points where there is melting capacity. So pricing between the two regions is connected. So despite a tighter market in Europe, the lower price in the Mediterranean will have an impact on price moves. In the Mediterranean, there has been substantial price reductions in, in recent months um, because Russian tons have been entering the market since the start of the year. And this has weighed on prices and sentiment. Prices for delivered sulfur tons to the Mediterranean rose as high as $190 a tonne CFR in December and have more than halved since to $93 a tonne CFR this month. The US has recently become oversupplied as local liquid barge maintenance, in addition to port maintenance in Brazil, has meant US suppliers looked for outlets for sulfur tons further afield, including in North Africa, which has eroded demand for usual outlet for Mediterranean tons. This has come in addition to the lower operating rates in North African and Mediterranean fertilizer producers, which has limited sulfur demand, leaving suppliers in the region looking for outlets for tons in the coming quarter. Buyers are in no rush to secure product as they see the ample supply situation against low downstream demand and they expect prices to keep coming down so in no rush to conclude tons. I think that's everything from me. Maria, if you have anything else to add. Thanks for that recap. B, these are all things to consider in the third quarter with the first contract supply from the Middle East concluded at drop of $52 on the previous quarter and parties in the European liquid market looking at a smaller drop on all the factors outlined above. I think that's a good place to round up the episode. Thank you very much for listening to this Argus Media podcast. We hope it was useful. For more information on our sulfur price reporting and outlook services and for regular updates on contract and spot market levels as prices start settling, visit our website www.argusmedia.com forward slash fertilizers. If there are any topics to do with the sulfur market you'd like us to cover in these podcast episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch. Have a great day and thanks for joining.